Blog Talk Radio. today. Good love. Is your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, She's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save a Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special program this evening. Tonight we're going to talk about the big bad wolf, depression, and what you need to know about depression because in most of our lives, at one point or the other, we are all going to experience depression. It's been on everyone's mind, of course, since our beloved comedic actor Robin Williams took his life, and I want to say I don't believe Robin Williams took his life. I believe depression took his life. And we're going to talk tonight in a very special hour about what depression really is and what causes it, because I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you straight out that I believe that modern approaches to depression are needed. The typical and traditional approaches don't work. So you're going to find out tonight anything you want to know about depression. So get ready with your questions. Get ready with your comments. You can join the conversation. We're going to sort through the myths, the facts, and we're going to offer a really new way of looking at this illness because it is an illness. And I'm going to guide you through some of the steps of modern radical therapy to begin transforming depression and healing. So you might be saying, well, gee, what's the love doctor doing talking about depression? Well, let me ask you something. Ever had your heart broken? Yep, you've been depressed. Have you ever been in a relationship that was troubled? Uh Uh-huh, you felt depressed. When our love lives aren't working or when we're searching for love and feeling lonely, when we're in that place where the breakup is imminent or it's just happened, I've been there, let me tell you, there is nothing more depressing. So it's very important for us to understand that those who are depressed have a hard time in relationships. And if your relationship is struggling, you're going to be depressed. They fit, unfortunately, like hand in glove. So 
let's start our conversation with what are the symptoms of depression? Most of you have been tuning in to TV shows, reading articles, listening to the symptoms, but I want to add something most people don't think about. Okay, we all know that when you feel depressed, you feel sad. You might have other symptoms like feeling tired. You may have short-term memory problems. You could find yourself turning to food, alcohol, sex, drugs, anything to temporarily numb out and not feel the pain. And the symptom that most people miss, that is the leading symptom of depression, is what's called hyperirritability. That means you are cranky. You are irritable. You lose your temper easily. And most people think, gee, that's just an angry person. No, 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 no. Nine times out of ten, that is a depressed person who isn't able to hold it together without going off on people. So be aware. Hyperirritability is one of the leading symptoms of depression that we often miss. And it's especially true, as you're about to find out, in women of color, and new research is showing men of color, because here's the population that most often goes undiagnosed. Now, in tonight's program, as always, we're going to focus on why good love is essential to your greatness. It's a place to really cultivate yourself as a person, how to identify the negative love patterns that may be blocking you from the intimacy you want, how you can break the chains of what happened back then. Now, that's very important tonight, what happened back then, so you're free to experience what is happening now. Now, underline what happened back then. That is one of the keys to love, and it's one of the keys to healing depression. Now, I do want to say that I'm especially sad about Robin Williams. He actually lived in a neighborhood that I lived in, and I used to see him walking down the street with one of his children in a backpack on his back and a little baby, the youngest, strapped to his chest in a little papoose carrier. And he would just stroll through the neighborhood with these little ones who must be, I would think, very young adults or still teenagers at this point. And it breaks my heart to think of them not having their dad because he clearly was a dad who was spending time with them. So let's talk about why. There are 350 million people worldwide struggling with depression. Let's talk about why it is so difficult to understand it and get through the depression. It's also really vitally important for us to know that there are so many ways to heal it. So we have a special sponsor for tonight's program, and that sponsor is the Power Key. And the Power Key is a unique technology, and they chose to sponsor tonight's show because it's about depression, because it contains a special transformational guided imagery technology that puts the brain in the state that is optimal for healing depression. And it all ends and begins with the brain. So tonight we have a special guest. 
guest, and I want to talk to you about our guest because he's none other than our very own executive producer of the Good Love, Dr. Brenda Wade radio podcast, Mr. LeGrand Green. And LeGrand is brave enough to step from behind the microphone in front of it tonight to tell his own story of dealing with depression. And I was so grateful to him when he called and said, I have struggled with this in my own life, and I'm prepared to talk about it to our audience. So just so you know, we're getting real tonight, and you're going to hear about LeGrand's story and what depression has been like for him. Here's a brilliant, brilliant producer. Those of you who don't know, LeGrand is a four-time Emmy-winning television producer, and he won those Emmys working on a show most of you have never heard of, The Oprah Winfrey Show. He is the producer who was her senior supervising producer, so the only person higher ranking than LeGrand on that show was the executive producer, and he started working there almost straight out of college when he left Princeton University to become a TV producer. And wow, he was in the big time and depression struck. So we're going to talk to Mr. LeGrand Green, our own executive producer. Hello, LeGrand. Welcome. Hello, Dr. Brenda. How are we tonight? Oh, I'm doing really well, and I just appreciate your courage and being willing to talk about your own journey with depression. So I just want you to start with when did you first begin to feel something was off, something was going (laughs) on? Well, let me start with a little story Um, because I didn't know for many years that was what was going on, and I think that's an important part. I think – people to have awareness of it. And I appreciate this opportunity to speak about it tonight. Um, it's funny, as I was rushing to get back to for the interview, um, I realized, oh, my God, I'm coming out tonight. I'm coming out. It's depression. Yes, coming <laughs> out is somebody who struggled with depression. Yes. Struggled with depression. Um, and my particular, it was diagnosed many, many years ago um, as bipolar. So the manic depression, I think they call it bipolar disorder now. Um, and the story I want to share before we start is thank you for the credit list and things that are my resume, but I want to start with that fourth Emmy um, that I received. Um, it was about 12, 12, 15, 12, 13 years ago. I'm on the stage of Radio City Music Hall. There's 6,000 people in front of me. Oprah's right in the front row with Stedman. I'm up on stage with my colleagues, and we're accepting the Emmy, and the executive producer is presenting the speech. You know, we all see those award ceremonies where somebody gives a speech. So she's taking her index cards out to get the speech, and she hands the Emmy to me. So I'm on stage, 6,000 people in front of me, with an Emmy in my hand, and I'm going, is this all there is? Oh, and wow. I would say that's probably the moment I realized something was a little off. Oh, my There was God. no joy. There was no joy, you know. There was no feeling. I was – I didn't know. People I, – I try to explain. I didn't know I was depressed. I didn't know 
I could seek therapy. That was not even in my consciousness. I think it is more nowadays that something you may want to seek professional help, but I was so disconnected from myself that I could not enjoy not one bit of that moment or that period of my life. It's a blur because I was walking through jello each day to get to work. You know, I'm sitting, I'm at that point was traveling on private planes with Oprah and going here and there and doing all this and nothing, nothing registered. And so when I heard about Robin Williams, and of course we all love him, and and everyone, you know, I think still to this day right now, people are still kind of amazed. And, you know, you could not have more than he had. Worldwide adulation, awards in every category, beloved everywhere. And people are like, he was still depressed? Yes. You can be, he could have everything on the outside, but inside, if there's nothing, I think I read a word um the other, um, other day, Dr. Brenda, I think it's called anhedonia. Is that a um a Yes, anhedonia, term? the lack of pleasure and in anything. Anything. Right. And at this point, you know, I was just that person. So I'll leave that as a starting point. That's when I realized something was not quite right. And but that I is such a dramatic yeah. Story, Legrand, to think that you're standing on the stage receiving the top award in your industry with the woman who is the undisputed queen of television as your boss, somebody talk about somebody who's adored, and to feel nothing. God, nothing, is- nothing, nothing, nothing. I can, I can, I mean, I can tell you, I felt nothing. <laughs> That's when I knew I was in trouble because usually you feel something. I felt nothing and nothing I did. Um, and we were talking about, um, I mean, I wasn't actually, I, I went to a period where I tried to self-medicate with drugs and I we had a big crystal meth period where I lost everything due to crystal meth addiction. But this was before all of that. This had nothing to do with drugs or self-medication. This was just how I I realized now it was the illness inside of me that had, was going untreated. Well, and this is the thing. Let me say this. It's very important. You just mentioned this, and I want everybody to get the red flag and wave it right here. Red flag. Most people who are abusing drugs and or alcohol or mm-hmm. sex or gambling or any of the 14 addictions, yes, shoppers, Shopping is an addiction, too, okay? Cheaters, adrenalized sex is an addiction, too. And all of these addictions have to do with wanting to, to mood alter. Mood alter. That means the mood I'm in feels so bad, so bad, so bad, I've got to do something to get away from myself. Now, if you want to join the conversation, let me give you the number to call in. You can call us at 347-989-0776 and talk to us live. If you have questions, comments, or you want to tell a little bit of your story, we need to know that no one is alone in feeling these feelings of depression, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe. And if you want to hit us back on Facebook, it's Dr. Brenda Wade. Tweet us, Dr. Brenda Wade, Cliff Dunning, 
who is our associate producer, is standing by. He'll field your questions, and you can join the conversation, either write a question or call in. All right, thank you, everybody, and thank you for being with us. Stay with us, because I promise you, before this show is over tonight, you are going to know five things that are very important. Actually, it's going to be six that are going to help you fight depression because we're going to talk about the right kind of meds tonight. And no, I don't mean medicine. So, LeGrand, here you are standing on the stage. You start to go, hey, something's wrong, and you couldn't figure out what to do about it. What came next? Well, as a, just an addendum to that, I was medicating through sex. I, was, I thought I was a sex addict at the time. So that's what I thought I, my problem was, sex. Now, fast forward a few years later, when I actually finally did get into some kind of treatment, and I realized, and this was back in the late 90s, so I don't know this, and this is something we're going to talk about tonight. My therapist or psychiatrist at the time just immediately put me, immediately put me on lithium and Prozac, and none of that was working the way I wanted it to, so that's when I turned to crystal meth, and that was wonderful. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it may have felt wonderful, but we know you paid a high price because that is a shattering drug. And while you're on it, you feel good, but ooh, the Oh, no, I tell everyone, you know, my issue with addiction is, you know, people, when you're an addict and you're self-medicated, I didn't get this to probably very recently, Brenda, Um, and you were part of this journey for me, when I realized, wait a second, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. There's something I need to treat and to honor and to be more into self-care, loving self-care. It took me, I'm almost 50 now. It took me a good 10 years since that Radio City Music Hall to realize there was something I needed to take care of within, within me. So I finally did get diagnosed. And like many people who are depressed, the, the pill's not working the way you want it to. You go to something else. And it's been a journey to kind of just, Take those threads and just see, really look at what was going on in my life and in my family's life and, you know, and look at the pieces that led to that and, and look at them in a very holistic way. Um, I, there's depression in my family, which I really never really acknowledged. My mother, I believe, was depressed. Um, and the, the same way that I happen to be. There were, I, when I went back and looked at my family tree, there are four suicides among my uncles and, and aunts from my mother's side. Four. Oh, wow. And, That's tragic. You know, and, and Brenda, is, you know, is looking at this, you know, like looking at where, what happened back then, as we say on the show, what happened back then to what's happening now, if you don't look at what happened back then, you really are doing yourself a disservice, and you really want to. I mean, I took brave enough to look at what happened back then, and looked at where I was part of that, you know. And and, and this has nothing to do with the, the bigger picture, but I believe you can treat things on the mi- micro level as well as the macro level. But as a, right. on the micro level, I I come, I appear as an African American um, gay man, so that has its own baggage to it (laughs) yes and we'll talk about that because we know for a fact that to be quote different to be black to be gay to be asian to be hispanic to be a woman to be 
versus We're all different. person. Yeah. You know, these things, anything outside of that mainstream image that is promoted so much in our field, in the media, people can feel very different, and the treatment and the history is different. Now, LeGrand, you talked about being able to trace depression in your family. Yes. Four suicides is very, very, very profound to look at that. And what I want to say tonight is that most people have heard that there's a gene that can travel through families that absolutely is implicated in depression. But I want to talk about the USS Enterprise. And you're going to think, now, what is she talking about? What the heck does the Navy's biggest aircraft carrier have to do with depression? Well, let me tell you, when we talk about genetics, this story will help you understand how genes really work. There were 1,100 young men coming back from whichever conflict, Desert Storm, uh, whatever the other one was. You know, there were so many wars in the Middle East. I'm sorry, I've lost track. They were coming back, and all of a sudden there was an outbreak, a severe outbreak of influenza on the ship. And 1,100 healthy young men came down with the flu. They were in sick bay, And by the time the ship got back across the ocean to the United States, when they were being checked out at the Naval Hospital, they discovered an impossible number of these young men had come down with MS. Now, that's a very, very rare illness. It's point-something-something percent in the general population And here, all of a sudden, they had all these young men with MS, and they said, how could this happen? And they discovered, it's a big discovery, everybody, that genes that are latent can be turned on and triggered by trauma and stress. So I want to put before you that if there is a gene, it doesn't have to be turned on, unless you are traumatized or very, very stressed, like these young men on the ship coming back from a war and falling ill. And here's the flip side. Genes can be turned off. They can be turned on. They can be turned off. So the radical treatment we're going to talk about tonight can reverse the genetic predisposition. The predisposition may always be there. Let me say it differently, the genetic expression of depression. But it takes Lagrand and everyone else, it takes looking at why there are four people in your family who took their lives. Why was depression in your family in the first place? And we have to look, everybody, look at our history. We have to look at our history. So, Lagrand, when you look at your family history... What do you learn about depression? And Cliff, I think we had a question that just popped up. Did you grab that? Sorry, LeGrand, we'll pause right there for a question. No problem. And that question is, ah, okay, thank you for sending this in. The question is, I think I may be depressed. How do I know for sure? Okay, I gave a little checklist at the top of the show of things that are symptoms of depression. But let me say, if you think you're depressed, that's kind of like where there's smoke, there's fire. 
If you suspect you're depressed, it's important. We have a number of wonderful classes. In fact, we're going to do a 60-minute free class on depression. You can go to our Facebook page or website and pick up the information about that. We'll go in-depth on symptoms and what to do, more depth than we can cover tonight in the show. And we can also take your questions live tomorrow. So to the person who sent that question, it's anonymous. If you think you're depressed, you are, and it is important to immediately get support. You're not alone. Call a therapist. Call a support group. Do something to begin to get help and support. We're going to talk a little more about that power key that is sponsoring us tonight. That is a very effective tool for dealing with depression. And we will absolutely give more things that you can do to help yourself. And we're about to talk about one of the most important things that will be helpful if you think you or somebody you love is depressed. Look at the history. What happened that could be the source of trauma and stress? LeGrand, what have you got? I want to add something to that list, though, about depression, about the symptoms, because another side of that is where is how I exhibited my depression, which was didn't appear as depression. It appeared as completely smiling all the time, completely happy all the time, completely always everything's wonderful and perfect, and no one asked me questions because that was my way of keeping people away from my depression. And so I handled it that way. I mean, if you're not in your life, you're kind of just going through the motions, that's also a big sign. Um, yes, covering it up. A lot of covering people can do what we call mood altering, especially teenagers. One minute oh, they're, they're irritable, irascible, difficult, depressed, angry, and the next minute a friend calls. They're like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, everything's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and especially teenagers now with all the everything that they have so much stimulation. <laughs> oh yeah. And so you can mood alter, but the depression doesn't go away and hey, I know all about it. I was severely depressed. In my early life I was trying to trace back when I first began to feel it. And I think as early as seven or eight years old, I would guess seven, and I remember going through my whole childhood all the way until in my first year of graduate school I finally got some help finally bumped into a wall I couldn't get around and a friend of mine I had a huge incident studying for my pre-med exams and for my first year psychology doctorate exams at the same time because of course I was doing both programs simultaneously while working my way through school And I went in uh, with my friend who took me into the student medical center because I'd been up all night and I had what I thought was a heart attack. I couldn't breathe. My heart was pounding. I was flushed so that, you know, I was completely red and just in a complete panic. I thought, well, that's it. I'm dying. (laughs) I called her. She took me to the student health center and the doctor whom I will always remember, said to me, well, what do you think is going on? I said, oh, I figured it out. I said, I'm having an anxiety attack. 
She said, well, why do you think you're having it? So I told her, well, I'm doing this and doing that, doing this. She said, no. This is to your point, Legrand. She said, that's not why you're having the anxiety attack. And by the way, you're also very, very depressed. She said, the reason this is boiling over is you're sitting here telling me all the things going on in your life, but you look as cool as a cucumber. Yep. I could hide it, just like you could. I could hide no, it. I Nobody knew. Here I am in, in two professional programs simultaneously losing my mind. And so she wrote a prescription for me in a piece of paper and handed it to me, and I thought, oh, well, I'll go get some medication. I looked at the paper. There was no medication written on the paper. <laughs> it was the name and phone number of a therapist. He was upstairs in the student health center. They had a, a mental health section upstairs. I ran up those freaking stairs. I couldn't get up there fast enough. I had never considered therapy before, but I was desperate. I was desperate. And that was it. That was the turning point. I went there every week at the same time. He sat on the other side of a giant desk. And every week I would walk in and sit down. He would look at me and say, hmm, I see you're still depressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> we had the same therapy? I was thinking, no kidding. Because <laughs> when you talked about walking through jello, I know exactly, yeah, exactly what you mean, Legrand. exactly what you mean. It's a terrible feeling. I felt like I had... 100 pounds of lead on my shoulders, every step took all the energy I had. And the worst symptom for me, I've talked about this a little bit, is I started to disassociate. I started to think I was invisible. And if somebody spoke to me, I would jump and go, oh, they can see me. So I was in bad shape. I was in very bad shape. And I am so grateful for Rebecca Wells. I still remember that doctor who saved my life by sending me to therapy. Now, most people who come in to see me in all the years I've been a therapist and I've been teaching workshops and seminars and doing corporate training around the world for over 25 years, most people are still afraid to say, I feel depressed because we have a stigma. We have a stigma about depression. Most people think it's a sign of weakness. I failed somehow. I'm some sort of flawed human being. And I want everyone to write this down if you don't remember anything else that Legrand and I talk about tonight. Depression is not a sign of weakness. It's a human experience. Everyone has it at one time or the other. Some of us have had it a long time and it comes from something it comes from somewhere, and when you figure out what that something and that somewhere is, that is the key to beginning to heal. So my, I want you right now to mark that down. My granny used to say, mark my words, okay? Make a note. Make a note. It comes from somewhere, comes from something, and it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something that is quite human, 
And it's good for you to know you're not alone. There are 350 million other human beings on this planet feeling that way right now. Okay, LeGrand, what was the turning point for you? When did you start to say, okay, okay, I really am confronting where this came from because you started to look under that rock of family history. Well, take it from on a timeline, I, uh, when the Radio City incident happened, and there were several other after that when I had some significant things happen, it was probably about a good five years, six years later, Brenda, but when I, and I'd been to therapy and I'd been, had, had medication, and the medication helped. It did help. Um, but that thing was still there, whatever that thing was going on within me. And it wasn't until I say I lost everything to realize I lost nothing at all. When I, when I had lost all the material things that I had once had through, through addiction, through my own bad choices, and I looked and there was nothing. Whoa, there. I'm going to stop you right there. Sorry. Go ahead. It wasn't <laughs> you making bad choices. Remember what I said about the brain being impacted, that short-term memory is lost? The brain is underwater. So, Legrand, you weren't making bad choices. Your brain was impaired. Now, let me just describe for everyone what happened to your brain when you're depressed. Your brain is flat broke on the neurotransmitters, the chemicals it needs to produce a good mood to produce you feeling energized, to produce you having good memory, to produce you being able to focus, to produce you being able to get through your day and connect to yourself and connect to other people. When the brain doesn't have what it needs, and that's serotonin, dopamine, these are neurotransmitters, you can't function. Now, modern medication is one of the answers to replacing those neurotransmitters. So you kind of give your brain a little bit of a jump start, but medication doesn't get to what happened, what caused it. So I'm going to ask everyone right now, I'm going to just stop you there for a second, Legrand. I'm going to ask you to go back into your own history. Go back to a time when you first felt depressed. What had happened in your life? Was it a breakup? Was it a loss? Was it feeling different from other people? Because that's an experience that brings a sense of shame and alienation, and that leads to depression because it's a trauma to feel different. It's a trauma to have parents who are abusive. That's what triggered my depression, having abusive parents where I felt alone and unloved and unwanted. I felt ugly and stupid, very depressing. Ask yourself, what happened? Make the connection between how you felt and what was going on outside. Now, as children, we're defenseless. The brain can't do abstract thinking, deductive reasoning, all those ways that we figure things out as adults. You can't do that as a child. So what do you do as a kid? You make up. Something's wrong with me. I must be bad. I am the only one like this. 
We make up all kinds of stuff like that as children because our brain isn't mature enough. And once the brain builds that kind of thought pattern, because the thought patterns in the brain are key to what keeps the depression going, we get stuck in those thought patterns, which create more feeling depressed. Then the feeling of hurt, anger, sadness, whatever it was that was triggered by what happened, doesn't get resolved. Because we don't say, gee, there's something that happened, I need to resolve it. Here's the final piece. Here's the key in the lock. Because we've decided we're bad or something's wrong, we stop looking for the cause outside of ourselves. And there is something outside that triggers it. Does that make sense, Legrand? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we have another question. Pause with me for one sec, please. The question is, huh, interesting. You're, you're getting to where we're headed. It says, are there foods? that can alleviate depression? The answer is yes, and I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. So, Legrand, when you started searching back in the family history, what did you find? As far as an event, and I'm what when I used to book talk shows, I, I have what I call an A-plus story because there's so much in it. But in my personal journey, when I found out, and I didn't find this out until many years later, that my mother's, mother, so my maternal grandmother, was murdered in the house where she lived. And she was there when it happened. And so my mother was this young 16-year-old girl, and her mother was, was killed by a boyfriend. And she became the mother of the house. And so when I was born, she was looking to get away from all that. And so I was born into all of that. And I didn't even know that for like 25 years that that had happened to my mother. Um, so it's wow. carrying those, you know, it's, you know, that's an A-plus story. But, I mean, <laughs> really, I did not know that. And to not know it me. means all those years you carried the burden of the secret that was hidden even from you. Yes, my family, that side of the family, which I was not, and still to this day working towards being that part of my family, my mother and I were not close because my parents divorced when I was you know, around five or six. And so it was much more in touch with my father's side of the family. But my mother's side of the family didn't deal with them. They were the drunks, the, the people, the crazy people, the this addict, the blah, blah, blah. You know, so much so that when I became the Oprah producer, four-time Emmy, Princeton, la, 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 you know, I didn't have anything to do with that side of the family. And that is still... Family, that is where I came from. That is in the healing that I realized what the pain my mother must have carried all those years was so releasing for me. My father didn't even know, and I told him he didn't even know that had been going on in her family. Wow, and you see when you say that was family, it's where I came from. It's also where the depression came from. It's also, so everyone, there's a tool we use called the genogram. And if any of you have any of my books, the the What Mama Couldn't Tell Us About Love book, the Power Choices book, the genogram is in the books. You can go 
online and get an electronic copy of Power Choices or What Mama, and or order one, go to the website, whatever. But the genogram is in there, and I'm pretty sure you can find a genogram just online if you don't want to look at the full story of depression and how to heal it. But take a look at your family history. It will explain where the trauma started because the big secret is nobody is to blame. Right. Everyone experienced trauma. Your mom experienced trauma she couldn't resolve. That boyfriend that killed her mother experienced trauma he couldn't resolve, and he lashed out because we know homicide and suicide are opposite sides of the same coin. Homicide is depression that explodes outward. Suicide is depression that goes inward. And your mother was with somebody who was homicidal and depressed because she probably felt depressed and traumatized too because we choose in relationship somebody who's got issues that mirror whatever we haven't worked out. Now, if you want to join the conversation, there's still time. Call us at 347-789. What is the rest of that number? Excuse me, that's wrong. That's 347-989-0776. Excuse me for that. That's 989-0776, and it's a 347 prefix. Or hit us back on Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade, or tweet us at Dr. Brenda Wade. And we do have another question. And I haven't forgotten the person that sent the foods question. I haven't forgotten you. We're coming to that in just a minute. Okay, this one says, I recently left a long-term relationship, and after a month, I still feel low. What signs should I look for that indicate I have depression? I mean, should I seek out a doctor? The answer is yes, you should seek support. So let me turn the conversation a little bit. Once we figure out that the the depression, just like the MS with those young men on the ship, was triggered by something, there was a trauma, there was a loss, there was some grief or pain that never got resolved. It takes work to resolve it. A breakup is a trauma. And yes, my friend who wrote in, thank you for your question, please seek help. We don't have to suffer in silence or suffer alone. Now, let me give the formula for healing because this will pick up that other question about food. Everyone, the formula is called MEDS, M-E. D-D-S-S, meds. And I made up this little mnemonic to describe the six things that we know can help heal depression. Now, the problem with traditional therapy is it only hits one thing. You do get emotional support and you do get a chance to go back and figure out what happened. So it's very helpful in that way. But it doesn't give you the rest of the meds. Now, here's what med stands for. Meditation, M. E, exercise. D, detox, then diet, sleep, and support. And one of the reasons the power key 
is our sponsor tonight is because it is a tool that puts the brain within six minutes into theta wave, which is the zone. It's the meditation state. So right away you've got the M in meds. It also helps you to sleep, which is very, very helpful. And it has programs on it that give you support and give you training and help you to figure out what caused the depression. Now, I have a 12-part program on depression on the Power Key. And if you're interested in the Power Key, we have a special discount for all of our listeners. Just hit us back at drbrendawade.com or send in an email to love at docwade.com. I think everybody should own a Power Key. I have one, and I listen to it every night because of the meditation, because it flushes cortisol, stress hormones, out of the blood. And when we flush out the cortisol, the brain can heal. The brain can begin to reload the good neurotransmitters. Now, that's a lot of bang for your buck, everybody. So here's the thing that is important, Lagrand. There are steps, and I'm giving the steps. Meditation, exercise, diet, detox, sleep, support. Yes, there is an antidepressant diet. Yes, we can detox from cortisol. We can detox from whatever we turn to to try to numb out from the pain of depression. But in general, because we live in a pretty toxic environment, we need to detox the body. So all of this will cover in our one-hour class. We'll give you some more tools, some more information. The class is free so that you can go further into your healing of depression. But just remember meds, meditation, exercise, diet, detox, sleep, and support. I think that's brilliant. Each one of them. Yeah. Each one of them has been scientifically proven to help, and we've got to put them all together. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I want you all to hear that. I was going to say that 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 I'm brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're brilliant. That's brilliant because that is that is. I had never thought about it all in one mnemonic like that in a way that you can remember. Because when I look back, and you're we're talking about healing, it's not so much the events that happened to me. Yes, looking at those events was important. Processing those events, feeling where I was now. But I was very blessed um, to have six months off about a year ago where I was at a beach house, um, a Myrtle Beach, actually. And I was on the ocean, and hearing the ocean all the time was very helpful. But I had six months of doing all those, those six things. And I remember when I first got there, here's where I realized I could heal myself. And I want to do a shout-out to Dale and Bruce as well with the power key because I, Brenda, you gave me one about it two years ago, and it worked miracles. And I realized I went to meditate, and my body was so out of racing, out of control. I could feel it internally. And I went, oh, my God, I have been that disconnected from myself. I didn't know this was going on inside of me. This tornado of, <gasps> and the power key helps with that. Just stopping and doing those things and doing the what I call loving self care, and that's what meds is. Wow, I love that loving self care. Now we also have another question that just came in. It said, "What if my child 
is depressed. I love this question. I wish somebody had asked that question when I was a little girl. I know it never occurred to my parents that I or any of my siblings were depressed, and we were all profoundly depressed. My mom was depressed. I'm sure my dad was depressed, but he hid it so well you would never have known. And my mom could hide it outside of the house, but she couldn't hide it once the doors closed. And she would go into rages and scream and yell and and beat us and call us names. It was awful. It was like living with a crazy person. Because with that depression, she really was. But there was a reason. There was a reason. She was the eldest of five siblings, and her mother was 15 years old when she married her father. So my grandmother married at age 15. She was in no way prepared to care for and raise her children. My mother became the auxiliary mother and, in fact, didn't marry until she was, quote, an old maid for that time because she was home taking care of her mother who came down with diabetes at a time when it couldn't be controlled adequately with insulin. So she's this mother to her siblings. She said her younger sister used to send her Mother's Day cards because she thought she was her mother. Her mother was ill. She's taking care of her mother. She had a father who was born. Now, mark this, everybody, because here's one more tool that will help you. My grandfather was born in 1898. He was 30 years old when he married my 15-year-old grandmother. He was an African-American man. He was only one generation out of the enslavement experience that the African people suffered. And nobody had had a chance to heal from that severe, severe trauma. It was a holocaust and nobody had healed. So it got passed generation to generation until Someone in the family, and I believe I probably was the first one, to do intensive therapy, intensive healing. And there isn't any form of healing on the planet that I have not availed myself of because I had to. I've traveled the world learning to meditate, learning spiritual tools, learning about diet, learning about how the brain works, learning about all of the ways I could heal myself and help others to heal. So in a way, LeGrand, our conversation tonight is really kind of a download on everything I had to do to get myself to a place where I could function. And what I want you to know, anyone who is experiencing depression or someone you love may be experiencing it, we can get to the other side of it. And when you do, your life opens up. Isn't that true, LeGrand? Absolutely. Now, that depressed child, let me say something about children and depression. The first symptom that a child is depressed is generally a child who is sleepy, who seems to be kind of out of it, a child who becomes very resistant to following direction or instruction, and a child who's doing poorly in school or doing poorly in their social interactions with friends. Those are symptoms of depression 
in children. And especially, you know, this has been again and again proven, children who aren't doing well in math. And often people focus on the child's problems with math and say, oh, my God, you know, the child has a problem with math. No, no. Nine times out of ten, you've got a child who's depressed. So it's important to pick up that rock and look under it and say, could these all be signs my child is depressed? And the question is, what if my child is depressed? What you do is you find a highly qualified child therapist, a developmental specialist, who has experience dealing with children who are depressed and sort out what is going on because it is important to get the right kind of help. One of the reasons people end up in lifelong struggles with depression is they're not getting the right kind of help. Depression can come from trauma, and it often does, but it also can be triggered by staying in a situation that is causing you problems, like you're in a job that is making you miserable and you're not getting help figuring out how to change the situation or how to get someplace that's better. It could be you're in a relationship that you're struggling with. And, of course, it's depressing if the relationship isn't working. I said that at the top of the show. But get help. Get help with the relationship. Relationships, oh, my God, you're talking to the love doctor. Relationships can be healed. Absolutely, 100%. And they are, I have to say this, relationships are all about our growth and our learning. Relationships are the best and the fastest path to personal growth and transformation if you work with your relationship and stay in there and keep working with it. Okay, LeGrand, what's up for you right now? What are you thinking about? We have just a few minutes left. Well, I am so pleased to have had this conversation with you um, because I think just figuring this out, like because it's because of Robin Williams' story, and I think because it was so shocking to so many people to bring it back around to the beginning of the show, it was a wonderful opportunity for healing, and a wonderful opportunity to really look at what's inside. Um, and Brenda, I know you're going to be a guest on. I'm starting a new podcast called Bold, and it's all about looking. It's not about stepping outside of ourselves, but looking inside for the boldness and looking inside for the glory. And that's going to be at getboldtoday.com for anyone who's interested in that. Say but it again, LeGrand. It's going to be get where? Bold, get bold today. Get bold, B-O-L-D, today.com. Great. Um, Everybody check there. that out. Check LeGrand out at getboldtoday.com. And yes, I'm thrilled to be one of your guests. That is wonderful. Yes, you will be one of our first guests. And so but basically this is my healing journey. It's taken me from the highs and the lows to a place where I realize it's about now. And I'm enjoying life now. So that is the gift. Beautiful. Thank you so much, LeGrand, for telling your story. And everyone who wants to take advantage of that special one-hour class on depression breakthrough, please share that with everyone you know Everyone needs to know the signs of depression in children and adults. You need to know some what I call depression first aid, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. We're going to go more deeply into what 
meds really means and how you can start operating that meds formula. And we'll take your questions. We'll take your comments. It's going to be live. And please share this podcast with everyone. We've got to break the silence around depression. We've got to make it something we're all willing to talk about. Because when we talk about it, we can help each other. Dr. David Satcher was the Surgeon General of the U.S., and when he took office, he said that his entire, entire tenure as Surgeon General would be devoted to the epidemic of depression in the United States of America. He said it is a silent epidemic, and it is killing Americans. And it's not just Americans who are overcome by the disease and take their lives, depression triggers illness. People who are depressed are much more likely to become ill and have a variety of illnesses, some of them life-threatening, many of them life-threatening. Some of the ways we try to numb out threaten our lives. So it's important for us to know we can do something about it. Everybody, I want you to take your meds, Starting tonight, before you go to sleep, meditate. If you have trouble with sleep or depression or anxiety or memory, please go to our website and take a look at the Power Key. It is the coolest technology. It's a set of glasses that synchronize lights that put your brain right into theta waves. In six minutes, you're in the zone. That's optimal learning. You meditate in that state. We have sleep programs on the key. The depression program I did is there. Programs about love, everything you can think of, even how to make your golf game or your tennis game better or be a better entrepreneur. And it's a technology you can use whenever you want. And using it, here's really an important fact, 20 minutes a day is the equivalent of two hours of sleep and the brain restores neurotransmitters in the last two hours of an eight hour sleep cycle now that's a fact that you can take to the bank everyone so thank you mr legrand green for producing the show and being the guest you're on both sides of the microphone thank you to cliff dunning for being our associate producer thank you everyone for being with us for this very very important conversation. Thank you to those who sent in questions. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and share this program everywhere you can so we get this conversation about healing started out there. All right, everyone, I love you. Bless you. Bye.